Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Life Gives You Hate podcast. I'm Ross Lipschultz, your co-hater-in-chief this week, wonderful co-host and uh, man of West Coast mystery, Jihan Batuman. Jihan, what's going on? Hey there, Ross. Not a whole lot. Just excited to be here for episode 540. We're celebrating Jackie Robinson. 42, sounds right. Yeah, and the meaning of life. And the meaning of life, true. This is going to be a great episode. I can already feel it. Yeah. We're already reaching out to our sports fans and nerds demographic. Well, now that we have 42,000 followers, it's pretty exciting. I actually just got word that we have at least one international follower, so it's pretty... We're going global. That was our plan all along. Our plan all along was to become a global phenomenon. We wrote it down in our vision board. All right, man. Well, let's get started. Haters of the week. We know people have waited a while for this new episode, uh, so let's get right back into it. Hater of the week. Uh, I'm going to start because, well, I know... I know that we haven't had one in a while. I've been, I'm hot. I'm hot on this story. What got you so hot? So you, everyone knows, uh, if you listen to episodes of the show, that I am a big Pokemon fan. I love the game. I love all the, the, I'm a big, I used to love the show when I grew up. You're you're a fan of the lore? I'm a fan of the lore. It's uh, audio games of all time, but we're not going to get into that because then we'd make a whole separate podcast about me arguing why Pokemon is the best video game series of all time. Now, Everyone knows if you're a Pokemon fan, or if you've just listened to this podcast before, because I've actually complained about it before, Pokemon just say their own name, exclusively. That's just what happens. They yell out Pikachu or whatever it is. Except, now, this year, two different movies have been announced where Pikachu can now talk. And the second one has just announced that Ryan Reynolds is going to be the star of it. Yes, Ryan Reynolds, uh, noted husband to Blake Lively, is going to be the voice of Pikachu. But not just any Pikachu. This is the smartest Pikachu of all, because I believe he is, in fact, a detective. He is a detective. He is. The movie is called Detective Pikachu, and oh, the God. premise is that Ryan Reynolds voices a motion capture in nature Detective Pikachu who wears the detective hat and helps a young boy find his missing father. Now... Apparently, Ugh. the young boy is played by Justice Smith of The Get Down. If you're not familiar with that program, please do not watch it. It's a terrible, terrible show on Netflix, and he is fine in it, whatever. Um, and Catherine Newton, who was in, most recently in Lady Bird, is a journalist who helps Ryan Reynolds along the way. Is um, this like uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, or is it going to be less animated, more CGI? Honestly, I kind of, the only way it would be redeemed if it was more like True Detective Season 1, where it's like super gritty, and they just ignore the fact that it's a Pikachu who's the detective, but Pikachu has like a serious smoking problem, he's like, you know, fucking strippers on the side, you find him drunk on all hours of the day. His ex-wife's hitting him up for alimony all the time. Exactly, yeah, and he has to visit his kid and pretend like everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the only way this is redeemable, but apparently it's supposed to be like a light comedy and fun for everyone. The whole family can uh, go and check out Detective Pikachu, which is just, just awful. Now, apparently, Detective Pikachu is a game that debuted in Japan and is popular. But what's even worse is that people were originally... It wasn't rumored, but people wanted Danny DeVito to be the detective. And man, he would have been great. You could just put him in a costume for Pikachu, and he could have been like a live-action Pikachu. Yeah, I'd watch that. So... The fact that everything about this has been botched, and the fact that Pikachu just doesn't talk. Like, I get that there are movies where animals talk. There's lots of anthropomorphic animals that end up talking, anthropomorphic food, you know, whatever it is. But Pikachu is already animated, doesn't speak. We don't need to change that. We don't need to make a movie about this. It's dumb. 
So I am voting no on Detective Pikachu, no on Ryan Reynolds, no on the whole project. So that is my Haiti of the week. It seems like a lot of effort to expand the Pokemon universe. Like they could build to this by franchising it more cinematically, but they're just yeah. leaping right into nope, live action movie with an animated Pikachu. It's a it's, detective. It's super strange because I don't think the Pokemon movies, maybe the first one, but like the 17 different sequels they've done afterwards, the latter, like I would say 10 of which are no, no longer have theatrical releases, yeah. would be an indicator enough that there isn't a market for Pokemon movies. I guess putting Ryan Reynolds in it makes it a wide release, but I, I can't imagine this being either good or selling well. Right, like the idea of him playing Pikachu is funny if he's like Deadpool or something as Pikachu, but it's just it's just going to be the voice of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. This isn't going to be like edgy or groundbreaking in and any the people way. Go, and the people wanting to see a Pokemon movie are not people who are going, man, I really wanted to see Ryan Reynolds in this movie. I guess there might be overlap with Deadpool fans, but it's that's it just seems like a strange fix. But I did want to ask, what would be the best detective from movie lore or book lore that you would replace Detective Pikachu with? Oh, like a real, or I guess like a fictional detective that already exists? Yeah, like, for example, would you put Pikachu in Sherlock Holmes and have Pikachu and Watson, you know, solve incredibly archaic crimes in old day Britain? Actually, since you mentioned it, I kind of like the idea of Pikachu in True Detective. Really? But it would be Pikachu in True Detective Season 2 in the role that Taylor Kitsch played. I think Pikachu would have done a better job there. Yeah, true. I thought you were going to say season two and have him play Vince Vaughn's character where he's just like a weird crime boss that no one really understands. No, that was like hilariously bad from Vince Vaughn. I don't want to get rid of that. Yeah, someone made a funny uh, meme on Twitter that where they replaced uh, the drawings from that new movie, The Snowman, with Michael Fassbender with yeah. uh, like Mr. Detective Pikachu. You could have saved her. I gave you all the clues and all the snowmen are little Pikachus. So that oh, was good. kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just curious. I thought it would be something, an interesting thought experiment. But uh, I'll let you have the floor. Sorry, I've gone off of rails on Pikachu. What's your hater of the week this week? So this is a real thing that happened. Unlike, I guess, Detective Pikachu is going to be a real thing, unfortunately, for Earth. But let's go to Pennsylvania for a minute and into one of my favorite things to talk about, and it's politics. Conservative Pennsylvania lawmaker, State Representative Daryl Metcalf, interrupted a hearing on a bill after being touched on the arm by his colleague, a Democrat, Representative Matt Bradford. Now, Matt Bradford is apparently a physical talker. He puts his hands on people's arms and stuff like that to, you know, emphasize a point and all that good stuff, which, you know, that's not always the best thing, but that's neither here nor there because when he did it at this hearing, Representative Daryl Metcalf went off and interrupted the discussion too. And this is, this is recorded on video, so we can post this. This is ridiculous. After being touched, he said, quote, look, I'm a heterosexual. I have a wife. I love my wife. I don't like men, as you might, but stop touching me all the time. Keep your hands to yourself. If you want to touch somebody, you have people on your side of the aisle who might like it. I don't. Which what? is, uh, yeah. First of all, who who clarifies that they're straight by saying, look, I'm a heterosexual? I, I feel like that's what you say when you're super, super gay. Like, using the phrase heterosexual as a defense seems, that seems like, I don't know, it just seems odd. Like, why wouldn't he just say, he claims that in the, he told the Philadelphia Inquirer that Bradford had continually reached out and touched him for months, and that he had told him to stop touching him, and 
and I guess Bradford just didn't comply, but like it's still not an advance. Right. And again, you can just be you can just say don't touch me and that usually stops it if if it's in front of other people and being recorded. But Bradford said that he touched Metcalf on the arm because he was trying to calm Metcalf down and Metcalf was pretty heated up at the moment, which obviously continued into his defense of his heterosexuality. But uh, yeah, it was just like a weird outburst, almost suspiciously weird. Yeah, I, I don't really get that. And I, honestly, I know that Democrat, the Democratic Party in Pennsylvania has asked for him to step down, but it's kind of ridiculous. And it really, I mean, it's it really leads into this whole climate we have of like right now where unfortunately more and more and more and more people are coming out to to allege sexual assault and this is the kind of stuff that makes their plight so much harder when people right make this a big deal uh and it's just a dude touching another dude in a public setting with no sexual t- undertone at it at all right trying to calm him down and metcalf who's been a state representative for a while now has often spoken out against homosexuality uh so that it's just like another homophobic layer on top of his past behavior and also again Starting by saying, look, I'm a heterosexual is super weird. Like, if you were convinced one of your colleagues was an alien from space and you confront him about that, and the first thing he said was, look, I'm a human being. I have an Earth family. I love my Earth wife. I don't like human men, as you might. You'd be a little suspicious. You know, this kind of reminds me of uh, Sarah Palin. When she was running for vice president, they were talking about LGBT rights, and she said, look, I don't hate lgbtq people i have a gay friend okay first off that doesn't make you not hate gay people just because you have one friend who's gay (laughs) like you can't you can't just say you can't just use one tiny example of it like yeah i'm straight yeah just give me a break like no if this is really a problem to you it has nothing to do with your sexuality you're just upset that he keeps touching you and clearly There were probably tons of witnesses. No one was like, man, that guy really is going, is really, really hitting on him. Like, that didn't happen. No, he's just a weird guy making a weird defense over a weird interaction. And frankly, it came off more homophobic than it needed to. And that's why Daryl Metcalf is my hater of the week. Uh, a good hater of the week. Please let us know on Twitter, guys. We know we haven't been as active lately, but we're going to get back on that and get back to some regular shows. Life gives you the letter you hate on Twitter. Hit us up. Let us know what hater of the week you didn't didn't like more, liked more, didn't. I don't who's, know whose Both? hater of the week was hated upon more hatefully. Just let us know thoughts on everything. You know who gave the better argument, who hated better, who hated more proper. We want to know who the better hater is. Uh, again, on Twitter at Life Gives You Hate, just the letter U um, in there. But we're gonna move on to a similar story, similar to what we were just talking about. Um, and Jihan, you brought this up, but uh, Al Franken is now at accuser number seven and the Democrats want him out. Yeah, he announced that he's going to resign after, I think it was a week or so ago, he said that he would uh, submit himself to an ethics committee review. Um, But since then, six other accusers have come out and members of his own party have called on him to resign. And Al Franken is now going to resign. But it's led to some interesting debate between people on the left, so uh, Democrats, liberals at large, many of whom were very supportive of the hashtag MeToo movement uh, of recent months and Mm -hmm. 
many of whom have made statements in support of, you know, withdrawing or removing people from power or positions of power if they have been accused. Uh, And many of those same people are now saying that Al Franken shouldn't resign. And they blame various things like overbearing liberal wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, They're blaming people like Bernie Sanders supporters who are taking out their anger on members of the party for random reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a lot of weird stuff about this, and it's all from people on the left who are just kind of like tearing each other apart and using any excuse to kind of relitigate 2016 or just kind of like make their point that they're a better liberal. But I want to know what you think, because I, I like Al Franken as a senator, and I thought he was smart, liberal, money where his mouth is kind of politician. For the most part, at least compared to other senators. But I also think that after this many accusers, it makes sense that he would resign. So I want to know, what, what do you think about all of this? First off, I want to say that obviously when he when it was just one accuser, it's like, OK, we need to monitor. We need to get more information now that he's let's, at let's s- have the process. Exactly. Let's have the process. Now we're at seven. He absolutely should step down. Like that's not that's not once. That's a pattern. And it's not yeah. acceptable to have it in a position of power, because as we've seen from literally everyone else that's been, you know, accused during this time, it's almost all rich dude or. Yeah, it's all pretty much just rich dude thinks that their role of power makes them untouchable and they do something over the top. Um, whether it's jerking right. off into a potted plant, raping a, a gay child actor, you know, posing for these pictures that he put up during the USO tour with Leanne Tweed and whatever it is. Th- that's obviously a bad. However, I actually think the bigger problem here is that our legal system doesn't treat sexual assault and rape the same way that it treats murder in specifically in the classification department when it comes to killing someone unfortunately and I, i've looked into this because it's actually interesting i've heard some po- folks talk about you're thinking it. about killing people yeah well of course but that's neither here nor there so when it comes to killing people you've got manslaughter of one two three i believe there's you the know degrees, homicide yeah. there's degrees there's vehicular manslaughter there's uh, accessory to murder there's so many things that come into play and different levels of it like but except in this case with sexual assault all of these situations from al franken forcing his tongue down leanne tweeden's throat and charlie sheen getting accused of raping a 14 year old boy on the set of a tv show um, or movie they're all in the same spectrum so the people who are real predators and real vic- and real criminals are getting on the same level as people who are are not like they made they made an, an uncharacteristically bad joke they did something horrible but they did it once while there's people who are doing real things and unfortunately right. it's lumping people all together and i think that's a real problem uh right. and and frankly i hate that we don't have a system to do that well part of the problem is statute of limitations so murders if you murder someone the crime is going to remain persecutable uh for decades but if you sexually harass someone, for example, there's no there's no charge that could be filed. It would just be a workplace issue. Um, hmm. And if and if you commit sexual assault, there's varying statutes of limitation on that. But most of them are quite short so that after, say, a decade has passed, it would really just be your reputation at stake, not your your rights as a criminal. So that's part of the problem. And I, I do agree that there should be more of a strata for this kind of thing. Because then, for example, you have Garrison Keillor, who put his hand on a co-worker's back unconsensually. And, and then you have Al Franken, who groped someone unconsensually. 
And then you have further down the spectrum people like Charlie Sheen, Kevin Spacey, Harvey Weinstein, who committed more egregious acts. And they all kind of fall under the same umbrella, which is not really ideal from a let's do something about this standpoint. No, and it's also, it kind of goes back to a point we talked about, I believe it was a few episodes ago, about how unfortunately there's never been a better time ironically to be racist like everything is racist now no matter what you say if you make something a comment that goes a little over the edge or is taken the wrong way you're a racist now this almost never unfortunately there's never been a better time to be a sexual deviant because you're getting if you're a real predator you're getting lumped in with people who aren't and now we view now we view al franken because ironically al franken was a front page story in the la times when just down the street in la there's a lot of tv producers that are probably doing way 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 more worse stuff and that's not getting reported yeah and it's kind of a lumping on effect it's like well he's in the news we can keep talking about him and it sucks um obviously i don't support what he did and i think we've made that clear from what we both said but i think more has to be done to make this a real product and by the way we got really serious on that issue but i feel like it needed a little serious tone oh absolutely and uh, again part of my frustration with this is people on the left who were very supportive of uh, their friends and family and acquaintances posting hashtag me too who now say that oh we're holding ourselves to a higher standard than republicans it's not fair that al franken's resigning and roy moore and donald trump don't have to resign but like motherfuckers what's the point of having morals if you're not going to be on the moral high ground exactly like, you can support Al Franken politically, but if he's been accused of doing stuff like this by more than one or two or three people, where are your scruples in saying that he shouldn't have to resign? Yeah, and you don't get to be less moral because the people you don't agree with are also less moral. Like, that's not exactly. how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I killed five million people, so I'm better than Hitler. Yeah. Well, no. That's not no. How it works. You're numerically better, but you're not better. Like, you're still yeah. a horrible person. And that, I mean, that, that's probably what the thing is here. It's like, oh, I only did, you know, I only gr- non consensually touched someone on their back. You're still a bad person, but that doesn't mean you're, you know, you still, and you still deserve your punishment. But yeah, I, I know we're going in circles on this, so I won't, I won't yeah. harp anymore on it. But I guess the ultimate. The best outcome, as far as we're concerned, would be if, from a legal standpoint, uh, legislatures got together and kind of hammered out some sort of system to make sexual assault and harassment more actionable and more clearly defined. But as things stand now, we're just in the the midst of this, like, weird societal, what's the level of punishment that this individual deserves? And I I guess on the plus side, a lot of people who have been abusing power for decades are going down, but it would be... uh, I think it would be better for society as a whole, especially people who are being assaulted or harassed by non-famous people if we had some sort of codified system for this. True. And, you know, what's funny is it'd be great if all lawmakers stood up and made some sort of system like this, but there's obviously tons of lawmakers that do shitty stuff all the time and make dumb laws, which we're going to go down the street in Washington, D.C. for a great example of this with our next story. Yeah, D.C.'s been on uh, been on fire lately and not the good kind of fire. Exactly. So in D.C., They have a new express lane system on Interstate 66, uh, which I I guess is a, it goes, it travels a 10 mile stretch into downtown Washington, D.C. And you have to pay a toll, obviously, to get on the road. It's not like in California or a lot of other places where highways are free, but this one goes going downtown. You had to pay a toll. And uh, previously the toll had been, it looks like around seven bucks or something like that. 
but now they're using dynamic pricing, kind of like Uber with surge charge, and mm-hmm. tolls are now $40 to get into the city. Yeah, you know that your surge system's fucked up when it costs $40 to use a road for roughly 10 miles. How, and how do they think this is a good idea? Like, I understand they're just like, oh, we need to make money for the state, because that's obviously what this does. But they're, they're, what their reasoning is, is they're saying the toll encourages people to take other routes and keep traffic flowing smoothly. Clearly it's not, if it's going up to 40 bucks. Right. I mean, listen, if that's the way you have to go to work, like, you can't get downtown if you're in a suburb, I'm pretty sure in any city, without certain highways, right? Like, think about trying, if you lived in, like, if you lived in San Diego and you're trying to get to L.A., and they said, oh, sorry, you can't use the 405. It's going to cost you 50 bucks each way. Yeah. You can go around, but it's going to take you three times as long. Like, it's not feasible right. at all. And then it's going to kill the alternate routes. Yeah, exactly. more crowded than the 405. You're going to have so many people just on, st- like, streets and stuff. It's a disaster. And also, now they have these dumb people, uh, including there's a picture of Delegate Bob Marshall in Richmond, Virginia, uh, talking to media. And he's wearing a sign around his neck that says... Stop tolls on I-66. First off, wearing a sign around your neck, very tacky. Get it together. It was like very 2014. Yeah, and his sign also says stop $17 tolls on I-66, which, you know, clearly we've passed that point, Bob Marshall, you dumb fuck. But the crazy part is that the state officials who implemented the toll said that it would probably top out around $7. Clearly you're doing something wrong. And you're the only people who can fix this. So when your toll goes up to 40 bucks, instead of thinking, oh my god, we're geniuses, we're charging people 40 bucks to be on the road, probably should do something about this toll before you either lose your election or you get murdered by someone who's got fucking road rage from paying 40 bucks. And then even better, they're saying that the authorities are saying that the prices expect to stabilize as traffic patterns adjust. And it's still at $25. That's still really, yeah, really, really expensive. Yeah. People are fucking stupid, and yeah. this isn't getting any better. Ten miles. That's yeah. the entire stretch, which is just just ridiculous. It shouldn't cost four times the amount of miles you're driving to be on a road. Yeah, um, but the, you know what the thing is? That people are stupid for stuff like this, and then the people who are the customers are also stupid on the other end because they're That's like, true. well, we're still going to pay this, and then obviously the people are like, well, I guess we can keep charging $25. Yeah. But... I want to get to something a little bit more fun. You know, those were kind You're of... done with s- politics? Well, you know, I, I like I like talking politics. I think we had a good discussion. But I want to go across the, across the pond to a story you brought up about a gentleman on TripAdvisor, which is hilarious to me. Give the people a little bit more details on what's going on with this restaurant, The Shed yeah. at Dulwich. The Shed at Dulwich. London's number one restaurant for a while, actually, mm-hmm. according to TripAdvisor. And uh, the reason it was London's number one restaurant is because Uba Butler, who is an individual who would write restaurant reviews for TripAdvisor, which were fake, decided to test the algorithm of TripAdvisor by creating a fake restaurant and then having his friends, family, and acquaintances uh, write reviews for it. So not only did this work, it worked in less than six months. He just said that his shed was a restaurant. He posted posted the address and then just made up a bunch of random foods that they'd served. Uh, the foods included shaving cream and power bleach that were assembled to look gastronomically interesting. And then with all of the fake reviews, he just ended up shooting up the charts. Now, this obviously had some side effects that he didn't plan on. Like, for example, getting hundreds of requests for reservations. 
but he managed to get a celebrity endorsement from chef Sean Williamson and like I said got to the top of TripAdvisor so for a brief period of time Uba Butler's The Shed at Dulwich was literally the number one restaurant in London on TripAdvisor it's crazy and man the lengths he went to to make this a real thing first off making it appointment only so people weren't able to make like they could make reservations like hundreds of them but they'd be so far in the future he wouldn't have to worry about it yeah he took these the pictures you mentioned are amazing you know he took pictures of what appears to be like fancy little dishes that look like um almost tarts or something like that it turns out they're just power bleach items with gillette shaving cream and little soap um, there's another one of just an egg with some spices on it and some parsley that looks really nice, except it's being held up by literally his foot. Um, yeah. It's so funny. And because he had his friends leave real reviews, TripAdvisor didn't pick up on it. And they posted pictures from random restaurants. And all of a sudden, it was number one in the whole uh, It was whole city. Yeah, whole city. And people were booking four months in advance. That's crazy. Yeah, he was getting emails and calls from around the world, uh, global fan base, much like this podcast's. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to the point where he just had to admit that it's not a real restaurant, despite actually kind of setting up a restaurant at his shed just to get away with all of this. And what's great is people started setting in like free samples of stuff. He was asked to be in an advertisement for an airline that wanted to feature his restaurant. Yep, an Australian production company got in touch saying they wanted to exhibit the restaurant across the world in an aircraft company's in-flight videos. I mean, that's that's crazy. And then he has a Skype meeting with results-hungry PR agency that promised to get the shed onto the mail online with a Batman-themed launch and 200-pound Lizzie Kundi appearance. I don't even know who that is. I assume that's a celebrity of some sort. But yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, look, some of these pictures are ridiculous. I recommend people go to Vice and read the whole story. It is hilarious. Uh, the, the jig was finally up when he had to serve a real couple, and based on the non-fancy gourmet, non-gourmet food they got, they pretty quickly realized this was a joke. And unfortunately, the shed at Dulwich is no longer. I know, unfortunately. But the sad part is that it's uh, that's how life is now. There's so much fake information out there. Uh, you can pretty much make up an entire restaurant and boom, there's no problem. It's not just fake news. We got fake reviews. Yeah, it's a whole new world. Speaking of which, if you like this podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Good point. We do need more of those. And also, we're taking any sponsors. If anyone has a product they want us to sponsor, you give us a small, small, small amount of money and we will we will put it on our advertising to our 40,000 listeners. Yeah, we don't care if it's a fake restaurant or anything like that. Just hit us up. We will endorse your fake restaurant. We will endorse your butt plug emporium. We will endorse anything you like. Yep. And that segment was brought to by Ross's Butt Plug Emporium. A butt plug <laughs> for every butt. They're all different sizes. No one They're knows all, that. You can't buy a one-size-fits-all butt plug anymore. It's just not possible. It's not feasible. Yeah, people don't pay attention to stuff like that. We're all snowflakes now. Even our buttholes look like snowflakes. It's true. Uh, speaking of buttholes, no, sorry. Speaking of food, we're, let's stay over across the pond because someone did something infuriating to me. Uh, anyone who's a longtime listener to the show knows we hate useless studies and research. And uh, you're I also know that you love fried food. I do love fried food. Well, who doesn't like fried food? Even if you don't That's eat true. fried food, you like fried food. You'd have to be crazy not to. Exactly. So the research that was released late last month in the journal Nature Communications, worst name for a journal ever, be specific at all to tell us anything about your journal. Anyway, they, they said that the use of deep fryers and deep frying food 
Uh, make cities cloudier. Okay. Yeah. So? I mean, apparently, science, science, science. But in basic terms, uh, fatty acids and triglycerides, which are in fried food, get released into the atmosphere when you fry them. And they fuel cloud formations because the tiny water droplets in the air can only become clouds if they connect with aerosols that form the inner core of cloud droplets. So, essentially, if you're frying foods, you make more clouds, I guess? I, so? Yeah. Like, so, every, is the, so is the best answer. Every chemical process, any fucking product that's not naturally made, so most products, probably adds particles to the air. Yeah. They probably make the air cloudier. We're all going to die of random cancers from society before we're 80 anyway. That's the reality of our world. Yeah, and what's funny is is that, you know, we I've mentioned it before about how companies, people, all this shit, they waste so much money on dumbass studies. Why bother researching whether fried food creates cloud cover? Who cares? There's no use to this study. No one's going to stop frying foods because it's now cloudier. London has literally built an entire economy about making itself cloudy. Two, who's to even say this worked? According to this study... Uh, reading a little bit more on nature.com the whole research was done in a laboratory so there's no way to know if it actually affects urban cloud cover well the other crazy thing about all of this is they said that in london for example about 10 percent of daily fine particulate matter in air comes from fatty foods associated with cooking but that's nearly 10 percent. that's almost nothing in the grand scheme of things no absolutely i'm sure very little of that percentage of the 100 percentage is natural so if only 10% of it's coming from fatty foods, good. Make more fatty foods and less of the other stuff that makes up the other 90%. I know. And and even better, the co-lead researcher of this study. What's even better is that the co-lead researcher, Adam Squires, of this study said on Twitter that I'm no climate scientist, but help with global warming definitely is a stretch from what we said in our study. So not only did he make a, release a study saying that fried foods have some connection to cloud cover creation then he says one he's not a climate scientist and two it doesn't actually help global warming at all so he's literally proving our point that you just wasted time yeah god damn it we should be supporting fried foods we absolutely should be supporting fried foods and that's why our good thing of the week is fried food god bless you fried food welcome to kfc and an amazing publicity stunt uh, you know us, we're big food people, so when someone does something amazing like KFC, we always get into it. Jihan, why don't you go a little into this story, because I know you found this one. Sure. So, Mike Edget, I think, or Edge, Edget? Ed, However you pronounce Ed, his Edget? last name. Edged. Edged. Mike Edge. He's uh, the Edge from U2. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's finally done something useful with his life. Uh, a few months ago, this Mike guy tweeted that the KFC Twitter account follows exactly 11 people, five Spice Girls, and six guys named Herb. So, 11 herbs and spices. It's pretty funny. I think it made a little splash on the internet when he first tweeted that and uh, made the rounds. But KFC actually tracked this guy down and recently uh, awarded him for discovering this little uh, Easter egg of their Twitter account by literally commissioning a painting of Mike Edget being carried piggyback style by Colonel Sanders. 
And it's like on it's the best part is it's like an oil canvas. It looks like one of those really old school paintings. Yeah, it's it's um, beautiful. Yeah, and he's wearing like goofy socks and vans. He's holding a drumstick in his hand. Uh, and there's like Pointing a beautiful up. there's a beautiful mountain landscape behind him. And not there's only There's an elk. There is an elk. That's true. I didn't even see that the first time. There's an elk in the picture too. Um, and the best part is he got the artwork, fifty-two five-dollar gift cards from KFC, and a ner- note from the Colonel to acknowledge his discovery. How amazing is that? Well, I mean, the Colonel's dead, but it's nice that they faked a note from the Colonel. Right. Exactly. I'm sure Rob Riggle, Norm Macdonald, and the seventeen other actors who play uh, the Colonel, yeah, Ray Liotta, Jim Gaffigan, uh, shit. There's like seven or eight, though. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I do like how Clay FC leaned into the fact that they've just used all these different actors, and every commercial is a different guy playing the colonel. Yeah, I'm a fan. It's a, it's a good uh, it's a good ad setup. That's good. And everyone knows, if you're close to me, you know one of my dreams is to commission a painting, military leader style, like one of those oil paintings where you're on a horse of myself. So this is very close to that. So I applaud Mike at the Edge from you 2 for getting this painting for himself. Yeah, absolutely. And as with many of the other things we mentioned today, we'll we'll post that on our Twitter account so you can see the painting for yourself. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I want to say something else about our Twitter account. We'd love to hear from you if you guys have suggestions or stories that you'd like us to talk about on the future episodes. Uh, we do apologize for being off for a couple episodes. You know, Jihan and I have both been busy, but we take your feedback. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know. And who knows, maybe we'll commission a painting of you because you're a loyal fan. That's right. And uh, you can pick which one of us you want to carry you piggyback style in the painting. That's true. And maybe the other one of us will be the elk. All right, Jihan. Um, It's been a good episode. I'm glad we were able to get back together for this. But uh, what do we usually tell the people at home to do after an episode, if you can remember? Oh, boy. Uh, Don't touch anyone unconsensually. It's weird that that's like a thing that needs to be instilled in us all over again. Oh, yeah. And remember to hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Good night, America.